Thanks, Bill, and uh, morning, everyone. Do keep your Bible open, page 1007, so we can look at this true story together. Uh, as David said, we're continuing our short series, From Fear to Faith. And speaking of fear, here's a quote from the comedian Woody Allen on the screens. I'm not afraid of death, I just don't want to be there when it happens. It's awkward talking about death, isn't it? Joking about it. It's one way people might try to get around the awkwardness. We all know it's there, but we'd rather keep it hidden in the background than bring it out in the open. And actually, I just want to show us that's almost what Mark has been doing in this section of his gospel so far. The last few Sundays, we've encountered some scary things, uh, a scary storm, uh, terrifying spiritual evil, uh, incurable sickness, stuff that makes us afraid. And wonderfully, we've seen Jesus can save from all those things, calming the storm, restoring legion, uh, healing the woman. As we've considered these accounts, maybe you find yourself moving a little bit more away from fear towards a deepening trust in the Lord Jesus. He's able to deal with storms and sickness and spiritual evil. But actually, with those scary things, there's been something even scarier lurking in the background. Because underneath them, Mark wants us to see a deeper threat. In the storm, the disciples ask Jesus, teacher, next slide please, teacher, don't you care if we drown? The man called Legion, he experiences a kind of living death and he lives among the tombs, the place of the dead. This woman we thought about last week, she's run out of money for medical care uh, and the prognosis looks bleak. She was just getting worse and worse. See, Mark's kept it in the background, but everyone we've looked at in this section was heading towards death. Death's the big threat. It's a bit like this. Imagine there's a bottomless chasm and these people were all on course to fall into it. Uh, getting closer and closer to falling in until, that is, Jesus stepped in and changed their course, calmed the storm, cast out evil, healed the sickness, and so pulled them back from falling into death. That's what we've seen Jesus can do. Jesus can save from life-threatening danger. The question is, what if someone's not just heading towards that bottomless chasm, what if they've fallen in? Can Jesus do anything about that? Because with this story, Mark doesn't keep death in the background, he brings it right out into the open. Verse 22, then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. Uh, this man, he's a leader in the community, Jairus is. He's a man of status, and likely he's pretty resourceful. There's lots he can get done. But whatever resources he has, he's desperate. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Last week, David mentioned that word dying has the sense of sinking fast. Uh, uh, she's on death's door. If death is like a chasm, then his little daughter is teetering on the edge, about to fall in any second. And so here's a father desperate for the life 
of his little girl. Jesus, come heal her before it's too late. Maybe he's heard of Jesus' other healings, and he knows Jesus could heal her as well. He knows Jesus can help his little daughter change course and avoid death. He's got faith in Jesus to do that, but time's running out. And so imagine the frustration of what happens next. Jesus comes with him, but there's a crowd pressing in around them. Uh, Maybe you've been to London and uh, tried to get on the tube in rush hour, and uh, you know what it's like, the crowd of of hundreds of people uh, pressing in around you as you try to squeeze through the ticket barriers, uh, painfully slow. Well, their progress, already painfully slow, slowed yet further by this woman who appears, and Jesus stopping to see what's going on. Uh, We looked at her last week, and I don't know about you, but I loved seeing that Jesus is willing to be interrupted by this woman. He's not too busy to make time for her. That's what he's like. But for Jairus, this is like being in the back of an ambulance that's speeding to hospital with with a loved one beside you, uh, and you're already in a traffic jam, and then what does the driver do? They get out and start talking with someone by the side of the road. Now, what are you doing? Don't you get time is of the essence? Hurry up, Jesus. Now, if Jairus was able to think straight, he might have seen some signs of hope with Jesus and this woman. Uh, Here's a woman who is desperate for Jesus' help, just like he is, who, it turns out, has been sick for as long as his daughter's been alive, 12 years, who is healed by Jesus by touch, almost by accident. And did you notice Jesus calls her daughter? Daughter, your faith has healed you. Who is this? Who is this one who can do these things? But the delay, the delay proves fatal. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus. Your daughter is dead they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Imagine as Jairus' frustration turns to agonizing loss. I don't say that lightly. I know some of us won't need to imagine. Um, We know the pain of loss all too well. But for Jairus, the worst has happened. They're too late. His little daughter has fallen into death. And so the messengers, they draw the obvious conclusion. Why bother Jesus anymore? Jairus, there's no point seeking help from Jesus now. What can he do now your daughter has died? Maybe he could help you before. Maybe Jesus can help with the problems of life. But he can't fix the problem of death. No one can. Jairus, give up hope. There's no coming back from death. And you get where that's coming from, don't you? Um, It's why our grief when we lose someone can be so deep, because death seems so final, unfixable. You can come back from all sorts of things, but not from death. I think that's Jairus' attitude too, at least at the start. Jesus can help my daughter avoid death, 
But now that she's died, all hope is lost. And it's what voices around us might tell us too, that trusting Jesus might have some benefits when it comes to dealing with scary things in this life. But he can't help you with death. No one can. That in the face of death, all we can do is despair or deny it or distract ourselves or joke about it like Woody Allen. In other words, be afraid whether you admit that fear or not. But verse 36, Jesus says something different to Jairus and to us. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Not something we'd say to a father who's just uh, lost their daughter, I'd imagine. But when Jesus speaks to Jairus, he's saying, don't listen to those other voices, Jairus. I know how you feel. I know you're afraid. Death is terrible. But don't despair. Trust me. Death is not a barrier to my helping you. You just saw me restore a good-as-dead daughter by her faith. No one else can help with death. That's right. But it's not beyond me. So don't be afraid. Just believe. Trust me. And I guess he does. Because Jairus brings Jesus to his home with him, trying to trust him, I suppose, maybe through tears. And Jesus brings with him just his inner circle of disciples, you'll have seen. Um, why he does that, I'm not too sure. But it makes you think something really special is about to happen. And just as they are privileged to see it, so are we. And you can imagine how Jairus feels as he hears the crying and the wailing coming from inside his house. The funeral's already begun. The worst really has happened. And you can understand why the mourners find Jesus' words so laughable. The child, she's not dead, but asleep. Don't be ridiculous, Jesus. Dead people don't wake up. We're not idiots. And maybe you can imagine how Jairus felt when he sees his little girl. And then Jesus speaks to his little daughter, words she would have heard from her parents first thing in the morning many times in her mother tongue, words she would understand. Talitha kum, little girl, I say to you, get up. And she does. And maybe it's hard to imagine the mix of amazement and joy that filled her parents' hearts. The way Mark puts it, they were completely astonished. It's actually where we get our word ecstasy from. They were ecstatic. Isn't it beautiful? A father desperate for his little daughter to be healed, on the verge of despair, because time ran out, now ecstatic, over the moon, with joyful amazement. See, Jairus got what he asked Jesus for. His daughter is alive and well. But when Jairus asked Jesus to heal his daughter, he never would have imagined that Jesus could do it this way. 
reach into the chasm she'd fallen into and bring her back. He's more than a healer. Jesus can call people back from death. And that's great news for us because it's good that Jesus can save from life-threatening danger, from storms and sickness and stuff like that. It's good that Jesus can help people change course and avoid death. But ultimately, avoiding death just postpones death. Like a doctor once said, I don't save anyone's life. I just delay death. We're all heading there. Uh, maybe not imminently, but we're all dying. Every one of us will die. And wonderfully, Jesus can deal with that. Wonderfully, he isn't just a savior from scary things in this life. He's a savior from the scariest thing of all. Jesus can call people back from death. That's the ecstatically good news this morning, that the Lord Jesus is able to save even when the worst happens. And it would be laughable to say that of anyone else. Why bother the teacher anymore if he's just a teacher? But he's more than a teacher. He's God in the flesh, the one who created life, has stepped into his dying creation to restore it. That's what we're getting a glimpse of here. Oh, to have been there and seen. But actually, if we're trusting in the Lord Jesus this morning, I want to say we're in a better position than the people in this story. Uh, those words Jesus speaks, get up. Uh, Mark says that the girl stood or rose. Those are resurrection words, words that reach their fulfillment in the Lord Jesus' resurrection. See, wonderful as this miracle is, it's only temporary. Jairus' daughter, she would die again. Uh, maybe years later, um, but there would be another funeral with wailing and crying when she fell into that chasm all over again. And we're better off because we live this side of Jesus' resurrection. For when Jesus rose, he didn't just return to his old dying life, but to a new life. Life forever beyond the reach of death. And if we belong to him, that's where we're headed. Yes, dying now, but he'll call us back from death, never to die again. If there was ecstasy at the temporary return of Jairus' daughter, imagine the joy and amazement that we'll feel on that day bound to the Lord Jesus, death no more. Well, let's come back to today. What difference does all this make? You and I, as we face death and fear of death, how can we face it with confidence and courage? Well, Jesus' words to Jairus are Jesus' words to us. Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Please don't mishear me. That's not intended to minimize the reality of death. Uh, Christians, more than anyone else, with the Bible in their hands, can say that death is an enemy 
but it's awful. Facing death is terrible, and it's right to grieve those we love. Um, I've been dipping into this book recently, Lament for a Son, um, uh, and, and struggling unsuccessfully to hold back tears. Um, actually, a good thing from this book is saying it's not bad to, to not manage to hold back tears in the face of death. It's the right thing. Uh, it's the story of a father writing his grief for his uh, son who died in a hiking accident. Something he says, if Eric was worth loving when alive, he is worth grieving over when dead. And in that sense, he says every lament is a love song, uh, an expression of love for the one we've lost to death. And we're still left with questions without answers. Why then? Why then? But Jesus is saying there is an alternative to being trapped in our fear of death, and it's to trust him that Jesus himself, he is the answer to the problem of death. And I'm not saying there, there might not be other helpful things, but Jesus says that if there's one thing you do when you're afraid of death, it's do this, trust me. Don't be afraid, only believe. When you're anxious about death and dying, maybe because of health concerns uh, or death in the news, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Even if the worst happens, I've got you. When you're tempted to manage your fear of death by denying it, uh, or by pretending it's just another part of life, uh, or by making light of it, or by distracting yourself and keeping busy, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe, trust me. Facing this fear is an opportunity to grow in faith. If you're a pathfinder and you never really think about death, or you're young and healthy and you're trying to stretch out your youth as long as you can, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. Whenever death comes, I'll get you through it. When you look back with nostalgia and it feels like the good times are all behind you, or like someone mentioned to me this week, it just hits you, life's really quite short. Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe. There's a better life ahead than any we leave behind, trust me. If you're older or you're nearing death and you're tempted to sink into despair because time's running out, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe in your weakness, I have you. If you're not yet a Christian and you're terrified of death or you've rebranded it to make it less scary than it is, Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe while there's time and I'll take care of you. Church family, uh, this section on fear and faith, there's nothing particularly special about our faith, but the one we trust in is able to save from scary things in this life and even from death. Well, these are good things, but weighty things. So sometime now to each bring our own prayers to the Lord before I lead us in a short prayer. Let's, uh, let's have some quiet now.